Each year during Advent, we hear read one of the genealogies that's in the two Gospels, Matthew and Luke. They both have genealogies. And as you know, a genealogy is the list of ancestors that Jesus had. So in the spirit of our Back to Basics box, Deacon Mike is offering a $100 gift card to Walmart to anybody who can stand up and name, <laughs> and name all of Jesus' ancestors. I can name one. <laughs> well, if you can name one, that's pretty good. Uh, let, me, let me ask another question. Maybe we'll get to this eventually. Um, each of the genealogies starts with a different person. Anybody know who the two people are that are at the very beginning? Adam. Adam is one. What's the other one? No, no, no. Abraham. Abraham. That's right. Uh, Abraham, because Matthew's talking to a Jewish congregation, you don't have to pay. Isn't that good? Yeah. I told you. I told you. Um, and then Luke is talking to a Gentile group, so that's why um, uh, Luke starts with, with um, uh, Adam, because he's the ancestor of everybody. So we do that genealogy, not just you know, for the sake of running down all these names, but because that's part of the history, our Bible history, our story. Uh, this is a plan of God that began at the very beginning, and we can go through specific famous people who are part of Jesus' ancestors until we get to Jesus. So it's a way of kind of embedding in history, the history of the world, the fact that God had the plan of salvation settled from the very beginning. So these genealogies give us an idea of who are these people. And incidentally, uh, not all the people were great people. So it's not just these wonderful saints, but a whole slew of people. Uh, David obviously is one of them. He was both horrible and wonderful because, as you know, he was an adulterer, a murderer. And yet, because he asked God for forgiveness, he was lifted up by God and extolled by God. So the genealogy we read always during Advent, again, give us a sense of what this is all about. And of course, Isaiah too, he gives us a very good sense of how God was planning from the very beginning to send a savior to the world to free us from corruption, from sin and death. Uh, Paul puts it in a very particular way, and we sing about this when we sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, but Paul introduces himself today as Paul, a slave to Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? Can you imagine going around to people and say, hi, I'm Mike Mayer, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. And yet why is Paul doing that? Because he knows, he knows that it is Jesus who has ransomed him from the slavery to sin and death. So now he willingly gives himself as a slave to Jesus to do the work that he's called to do. And so we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, ransom, captive Israel. That's what Jesus did. He ransomed us with his life, and he didn't have to do it. Remember that. He did not have to do that. But he gave his life for us so that the bonds of sin and death could be broken. And so the correct response is, if you love me that much, Lord, and you freed me from the power of sin and death, I gladly give my life over to you. In fact, I will become your slave 
in order to show my gratitude. And then, of course, we have the beautiful early hymn that says that Jesus became a slave to us in order to bring about salvation. So isn't it interesting? Slavery. You know, you, you read about in the news and reparations and the history of slavery and how horrible it is, and it still goes on today. And here we are as Christians kind of extolling the virtue of slavery, but slavery to Jesus Christ, which means we give our lives over to him in gratitude for what he did so that we can go forth and ransom other slaves. That's another way of looking at our Christian vocation. We're called to be people that ransom people, bring them out of slavery so that they can be free, truly free, to enslave themselves to God. But again, isn't that interesting? I don't think we think of how countercultural those images are. So talking about slavery, you know, no one wants to be a slave. But here we are talking about it, and really the, the story of salvation is all about slavery, Jesus enslaving himself to free us from sin. And in Lent, we're going to talk about the slavery of the Hebrews in Egypt. Egypt, And again, brought, God brought them out to free them. He ransomed them from the Egyptians. So again and again, we have these stories of how we human beings continue to enslave ourselves to idols, to evil, to all the bad stuff. <clears throat> and God's saying, that's not why I created you. I created you to be free human beings so that you could excel and flourish and be like Paul. I gladly enslave myself to Jesus Christ so I can go forth and free other people. <clears throat> so that kind of mixes with um, you know, all the beautiful lights and everything at Christmas time, and yet that's really the core of what we're talking about. Because with the birth of Jesus, we're talking about the beginning of the fulfillment of God's plan. And of course, it, the fulfillment ends uh, with the <clears throat> resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So that's what we get during Lent. But here it is, all God's doing, he's doing in a particular way, not simply so that we can go on our merry way and do what we want, but rather to say, I really have been freed from this burden of sin and death. I'm not a slave according to the world. Now, the world would like to enslave us you know, to all sorts of things. It's, it's maddening in some ways that people would willingly enslave themselves to technology or to wealth, whatever it might be. But God came to free us from that so that if we happen to be wealthy, the first thought is, how can I give that back to the Lord? Because he freed me from slavery, slavery not to keep it to myself, but to willingly share it with other people and to go forth and ransom other people. So when we celebrate Christmas, unfortunately, I think we kind of stop in that idea of God came to free us to ransom us so that we could go forth and ransom other people. And yet if we think about that every day, what am I doing to ransom people? In other words, what am I doing with my life? How am I giving my life to other people? You know, we're so worried what other people will say or I can't do that. Well, that's the devil because God says, I've given you all this power, this grace, so that you can do exactly what I did to go forth and free people from whatever slavery they're bound to and free them from that, to take those shackles and break them 
so that they can go forth and free other people. So think about that. Uh, Paul introduces himself as a slave. Do we have the guts to do that? And wouldn't that be interesting? What would people think if we said, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm a slave to Jesus Christ? And that should be a proud statement that, yeah, I willingly enslave myself to God because he's freed me. I have nothing to worry about. I have only heaven to look forward to, so it doesn't matter what happens in this life. God's taken care of it so that I can give everything that I am in service to the kingdom of God. So that really is what Christmas is about, the gift of God to us so that we can continue to give that gift to other people, to free people from the slavery that binds and destroys and wounds and give them the opportunity to become slaves freely, knowing the joy of God in our lives. So one, one more week before Christmas, if you be thinking about, uh, it's kind of like one of those earworms, you know, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, you hear it. But when you get to the part about ransomed captive Israel, he's ransomed us so that we can be freed from slavery, the slavery to sin. And to share that good news, because people are so bound in the world by darkness, by evil, and God doesn't want that. So we have the good news, the light of Christ, to bring to people to free them from those shackles. So the question is, how are we going to do it? Be very clever, be very simple, be very kind, generous, but make it clear that we are totally devoted to God, and in being totally devoted to God, we want to bring the good news of salvation, of freedom, to everyone. And again, all of us, uh, it doesn't matter how miserably you fail the back-to-basics uh, statements, <laughs> you still have that spark of God, that faith in God to go forth and proclaim the goodness of God again, which is all about freedom. Freedom to give everything over to the Lord without counting the cost and being totally enslaved to the love of God and sharing that love of God with our brothers and sisters. I mean, what a wonderful privilege it is. What a wonderful gift that is, that not only can we receive the gift of eternal life, but we can share that with other people as we are called to as God's people to do that, to share the gift of freedom to, for everyone.